you're listening to the entertaining Two Ramblers podcast with middle-aged guys talking Rambler hoops from a very different perspective. I'm your host with the jokes, Dauber, from the class of 1994, and from the class of 98, your analyst with the attention to detail, Sammy D. Welcome in. We're talking... I, I've used the word epic a couple times this season, uh, but an epic win. Loyola, Chicago, over DePaul, and final score, 68-64. Amazing. What do you think, Sammy? Oh, shoot, you're muted. All right, come on in. I know you said something important right as we started here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Yes, uh, it, it was a great game all around. It was fun to watch. It was fun to uh, – I, I watched it, and then I watched it back via Twitter, and then I watched it uh, – I, I watched it again – or I watched it twice, but just was following people's mentions, and it was just uh, – yeah, what a great atmosphere, and uh, hope hope this becomes a, a regular thing. Well, I want to um – I want to put a, a spotlight on uh, the analyst with the attention to detail, Sammy D. Uh, I asked him for his prediction for this game. I just want to play that for you right now. This was from two days ago. Here's my prediction for this game. I think Lucas Williamson is going into this game to literally make sure that Javon Freedom Liberty or Liberty Freedom or, or uh, whatever – whatever his name is, former t- teammate at Whitney Young, is not going to see – he's going to get the Iota Sumo treatment, and he's going to get, like, four points. That's my prediction. Oh, I was so close. I was so close. Uh, so let's just, uh, let's just see if he got the Iota Sumo treatment. Uh, let's see. Here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up his numbers real quick. Uh, this is Javon Freeman Liberty. Not Marcus Liberty, as was uh, notified in the in the Tribune uh, today. Way okay. to go there, Paul Sullivan. Okay, uh, Javon Freeman Liberty. Uh, let's see. He is. He went two for nine, so he had two shots, uh, two field goals, uh, one for five from three point. So, um, and then two for three from the line. Total points for the game seven, and as we all know, he was essentially held scoreless almost in the first half and fouled out and cried at the end of the game on the bench. And he not only was almost shut out in the first half, like he scored all of his points within the last few minutes of the first half and then scored nothing in the second half. Right. So your prediction, pretty close. And, um, I mean, you know, obviously I have empathy for these guys. Uh, they're, they're college athletes. They, they care about the game. But seeing a guy cry, uh, you know, in a in midseason game, uh, that just means I think Loyola is pretty good. Yeah. Very no, frustrating it, it, to play. It, it, it was – you could tell this was a game he wanted to win. Because he, one, he left Valpo thinking, oh, I'll go to DePaul and be the savior and all this, or at least that's, that's my conjecture. But I, I think he really wanted to, you know, be known in the city. And here Loyola was coming in and just shut him down. 
and that was yeah, yes i was I was very excited that I, I I was proved right by my prediction. So well, great job there. I um I actually um, went through uh, the last year of games, um, all the way back to this time last year, and the look at you pulling out the stats. Yeah, I found this great uh, stat site that just has every possible stat that you can get it's free i i I can't it's it's a really weird name too it's like stat-reference.com or something i don't know what it is okay so um you know i just want to up my game uh you know i can't just be known for jokes i want to bring some content but here was the stat that i loved um since this time last year the ramblers are 14 and 0 in the state of illinois Wow, fourteen and zero. Now we've beaten Chicago State a couple times. We beat Illinois State a couple times. SIU three times. Illinois, yep. of course. Now DePaul, Bradley. We are fourteen and zero since this time last year. Yep. I don't even. I, you know, I didn't go back long enough to find out the last time we lost against an Illinois team. Um. So it, it it could have been maybe I don't know maybe maybe we lost to Bradley or something in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I think we did lose to Bradley the year before. Yeah, so it's been a nice run. We are not only the city champs, but uh, I I got to think we're the state champs. Of course, you know one. One team keeps ducking us uh, and never schedules us up on the the lakeshore here. Yeah, literally North five miles from our campus. Um, so who knows? We don't, but I'm sure we could beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find out because DePaul does play them later on this, I think in a week or two. So we're interested to see a similar opponent, um, or common opponent, but yeah, it it just overall was just, it was a game. I I said this, I I, I think, I feel like I said it to you, but just was like, this was a lose, lose game for Loyola or like if, you know, if they, if they win, it's like, oh, you're supposed to win. If they lose, then it's like, oh, see, you're not supposed to play DePaul or whatever. And But I, I felt like the the way the game played out was I think it made they turned it around to be a win for the Ramblers and was excited to see that this was a hard-fought game. It went back and forth. The crowd was in it for both sides, and it was fun to watch on TV. The announcers were annoying, but... I think that's a common thread um, throughout, it seems like, uh, for all the Rambler games. And so, but overall, as it played out, as they won in the manner that they won, it reminded everyone of the years gone past with Loyola. And so, as I threw out last uh, episode, you know, it's like, this is a different team, but it's like, this was a team's like, they went back to, hey, these are the things that we really know how to do well, which is defend. And they did that well. And that was, that was really fun to watch. Well, I uh, texted the biggest DePaul fan in the world, Siler Thomas, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I thought about reaching out. To right, him. this is a, this is a guy who, uh, when I was at Loyola, uh, was down at uh, DePaul, and uh, he was a huge Blue Demon fan. So I just texted him a little city champs after we won, and then here is the response. Listen to this: You guys oh, make geez. the tourney every year, Final Four. <laughs> Quit picking on poor little old DePaul. So he's playing the self-pity card now. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, as I said a couple shows ago, for you two Ramblers fans who've been binging all of our episodes, yeah, yeah, um, I um, I don't I don't quite get the the halo around DePaul. Um, they've had fourteen losing seasons in Conference USA. Was it Con- or no Big East? I'm sorry, the Big East. Yeah, fourteen losing seasons. Um, and and one of the seasons of the seventeen that they're in was a a, a five hundred season, so yeah. two winning seasons out of seventeen, and and I don't get why they're in that. I mean they they definitely were a, a it looked like this was an athletic team they had some upside here but I don't well, get I I was even trying to think back to of like okay so you know for all transparency for every all of our fans so Matt and I went to this school where the head. Uh, timekeeper for DePaul was our math teacher, uh, Mr. Mr. McCann. Uh, Kevin McCann. So, I'll be with you in a minute. Yeah, he's the one. I'll be with you in a minute. And so every game you saw, he was smack dab in the middle because he was the guy pressing the clock. So it's like we grew up as little kids, you know, rooting for DePaul or, or, or knowing them. And then we would go to De- Loyola and realize, oh, this there's a whole other team. But I was even thinking back as they were, they showed Mark, Mark Aguirre there and Klein Schmidt. And I'm just like, other than that team in the mid eighties, I was like, what have they, have they done anything to really speak of? And I was like, I can't really like, whereas like they was warranted of another final four team, Post the '79 team that did, and other you know tournament teams like I think past like the mid '80s they hadn't been in the tournament, and then I'm even thinking of the Kleinschmidt year or era, where they went to the NIT and their big game was against Northwestern and Northwestern beat them. It was just like what else is there to celebrate about this team? And so I, good on them that they're you know have turned it at least turned around to this point where they're six and or six and one now, um, but. I'm like, what else have they done to earn this? Like, yeah, you're right. This halo around them. So, but we beat them. Let's move on, and let's let's celebrate the Ramblers. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I was telling my son um, that I I think one of the things that has at least cemented, at least in people's minds, um, that they're elite is they've gotten some guys to the NBA. So even. Quentin Richardson a few years ago, maybe yep. 15 years ago. And, you know, and, 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 um, what I don't, Dallas Comages or Mark Aguirre. Yeah, but that was, that was, I'm I mean, just saying, I'm just saying when you, when you list off the NBA players who played for Loyola, uh, it's, it's, it's like you got to go back a long way. Right. You got to go back to the 70s, which, well, Alfred Hughes. Alfred Hughes is yeah. the last guy. But honestly, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, there's maybe three or four guys since, then that have gone to the NBA from DePaul. So it's like, that's, I just, I, so, I think that's yeah. part of it. I think that's part of it. Uh, and, and, you know, so um, one other thing, and then I, we don't have to keep focusing on DePaul. We can focus on the Ramblers, but as a, as a guy who went to a Jesuit school, okay. And I took right. theology classes uh, at, at our school, father Talkins class. I took uh, a couple others um, I don't get where you, as a, as a, as a Catholic, how you pick a mascot called the demons. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> There's no part in Catholic theology where demons are good. Or uh, no, this is the other one that I saw on Twitter, which I literally was like, I, I, I literally, I can't, I don't know whether to like this or comment on it, but like people were yelling at sister Jean, which I, 
don't even get me started on that. But it's just like they were like F Sister Jean. I'm like, um, last time I checked, like DePaul was also a Catholic university. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, okay, you don't like her, but like F Sister G, like, <laughs> I mean, it was a chant. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. I don't think they know how to act. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'll take, I'll take Sister Jean over, over demons as a, as a, as a mascot. Yeah. I don't get that. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, what I remember from my Kevin McCann, uh, you know, history of DePaul, what he was forced to do us in math class was they were the D as in DePaul men. Right. M E N. Right. And they just thought, Hey, we're, our colors are blue. Let's be blue D men, D mun. And I'm like, and nobody in their, <laughs> their administration right. said, um, right. we got a problem with this one. Yeah. We're, I, I, I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. I think their, their origin story for their name is about as good as the Ramblers where we didn't have a st- football stadium or playing around in different places. And they just called us the Ramblers and our mascot was a hobo for, you know, yes, 40 for years. Long, I, I mean, I think it was up until we were, I think, I think I came in and they changed to the the comic wolf. No, yeah, there was no. The, I, the, I, the... I I came in 1990 and I went to the bookstore, and on sale on the table was a T-shirt with the hobo on it, and <laughs> and even in 1990 I thought, wow, that's weird. It's like a guy, you know, the old guy who hasn't shaved and he's 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 walking by the trains you know kind of like a 19 like a 1930s uh like a 1930s uh kind of uh guy who's you know grapes of wrath style i mean it was just uh so anyway all right let's get down to the game i know the fans want to want us to break this game down speaking of fans big shout out to uh my new friend rocket man 69 who hit me up today said big fan of the show so Props to you, my friend, who is a current student, Dobber. Current students are actually listening to us. Shout out to the Gen Z crowd, um, us Gen Xers. We love you guys. Right. Oh, shoot. I had a, uh, I had a Travis Scott drop that I was going to play, but then, <sighs> okay, darn it, I don't have it here. I wanted to be, or a Drake, a Drake song. I was going to play a Drake, a Drake song. Yes. Uh, but I, you know, oh, I can't get it on the board here. Um, let's see. Nope. Nope, no Drake. Yeah, just so you guys know, we do not edit this show at all. Right. This is straight off the cuff. So all these jokes are all improv We, yeah. So let's talk about the game. Okay. Yeah. I think so. All right. Sorry, I was, I, I, was, I got distracted there. <laughs> yes, music uh, distracts Dauber. Uh, let's, do, okay, let's talk about the game now. Obviously, when they came out, I I started I started having a fantasy. What would it be like if they d- didn't let DePaul score the whole game? What what would the headline be across the United States if that happened? DePaul shuts down basketball program. Yeah, it it was. I mean, the first few minutes in, yeah. in uh, sixteen oh eight into the game. So they went. This is this. It honestly reminded me of our trip to Wisconsin, which we shared about in one. I think first or second episode, where we didn't score, and the people were looking at us like, "What's wrong with your team? You guys don't score." And yeah, four minutes into the game, they did not score a bucket. Yeah, I mean, so I had a good feeling at that point, but because I've been listening to your commentary uh, through the uh, through the Ramblers, the one thing. <laughs> That you kind of warn the educated Rambler fan is we have a tendency to sometimes have a scoring drought ourselves. And so part of me kept thinking, let's keep adding points here. 
just in case these guys were recruited to DePaul. And, and it seemed like the entire team came from another D1 program somewhere. Yeah, I, it I, felt I, like I the whole team. I was, like, I was like, wow, do they have a lot of transfers? I, I didn't look that up, but I was like, they just kept talking about, guys, hey, transfer in, transfer in, transfer I was like, so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I kind of yeah. feel like I, I know that we have our super seniors, but I think this is going to be par for the course this entire year. We're going to be playing. We're going to be playing these, these, you know, basically these guys coming in, playing an extra year, uh, you know, and, and, and it's going to be like this. Now, the good news, I think, for us is this team that we were playing, while obviously there's some talented guys on the team, I, there were times where it didn't look like they knew what they were doing. A lot of, um, you know, you know, the, the even the commentators were saying they really need to make an extra pass here. Yep. So, so there wasn't quite the chemistry. So I guess that's the one thing we have going for us, a little bit of age and experience and chemistry. And then the, and then the couple of guys that we've added, uh, Schwieger and Knight, um, seem to fit really well into what we do. Right. Um, and they seem to be fitting better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, that's, it's only going to improve the more they play. And it, yeah, which is exciting to see that. And, and Drew mentioned this in his post-game press conference, which I have to admit, I, I, I wish they would show more of that. But that's just me. I'm, a, I'm literally I'm a rambler addict. But he's mentioned the fact that he goes, this was a C game for us. And I'm like, wow. You know, just the you know the humility to say, "Hey, this was a C game. We still won, and mm. it's like we still we still could be much better." And I was, and, and, and that showed of just like, yeah, they they had that that drought, and then but yeah, defensively they played much better today. Well, and and the commentators, as as poor as they were, said they must have made some adjustments at halftime because, right. you know, whatever happened in the first half. We pulled it together in the second half for sure, and um, uh, and shout out to Coach Drew and the coaching staff busting out the Air Jordan ones, yes, the Bordeaux. If anyone's a sneakerhead out there, it's kind of like a wine colored, uh, yeah. wine colored accents with with a gray swoosh. Um, now, this is not to be confused with what we've talked about in the last couple episodes, the Midas Dunks, which yes. are sort of the um, completely different, which are the kind of maroon with the yellow stripe, uh, the yellow mm-hmm. or the yellow swoosh. So for you millennial sneakerheads out there, I just uh, just want to shout shout out the Bordeaux were worn by the coaching staff. So I'm loving these these shoes. I love a coach who's kind of modern. That's kind of fun. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I, Can you imagine Will Ray or Kenny Bur- <laughs> Kenny Burmeister busting out <laughs> busting out, out some March. dunks or some AJ ones? Yeah, the, with the the Mark Shale, you know, I remember Mark Shale was a, a sponsor back then, and you know, but yeah, oh yeah, that would be a, a riot. But. Right. All right, I got you off track again. So, um, sorry. So, um, I, I mean, back to your original prediction. Lucas dominated this game on both well, sides of the uh, both sides of the floor. Yes, but what I found fascinating as I wa- rewatched the game, or I, I kind of was watching it, you know, off and on, and then I watched it again last night. Was he didn't really guard Freeman Liberty that much? No, like, they had they had Marquise on him. 
He had Marquise. I mean, it was like, but it was a, they, they really like, it was a team effort. And I think that's what really, you know, I, as I kept watching, I was like, wait a second, he's not really guarding. Now, there were times where he switched off on him and, and, and did well. But overall, like, it was a team effort. And that was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, yeah, because Lucas had three steals, uh, Braden had two, and, but they just played really quality defense as a team shifted really well there was none of those like back back door ones that isu destroyed us on there were no like gimme threes that were just wide open um well there were a couple there were a couple but they clanked them yeah i mean and and a couple were ill-advised like uh you know there was one where uh, there was a three where he was a couple feet beyond the arc and yeah and and the, the the i think the um the commentators would say oh Coach Drew will settle for that shot because it's just it just didn't look like it was the guy was in a great position to shoot it. He yeah, was they, open, they're, but they're offensively they looked very uncomfortable. DePaul looked very uncomfortable the whole night, and I think that's a testament to you know the Ramblers' defense overall. Um, and the, and then there were also then so conversely there were uh, some moment a lot of, there were quite a few moments where the Ramblers in the first half looked the same thing like there was this that that stretch where they didn't score where they had a lot of turnovers and it was just like what are you guys doing one and then they, one thing that I did like though um, it reminded me a little bit of um, the beginning of the Illinois game last year in the tournament where um, they have Cameron Crutwig essentially drive the lane the first play of the game against Kofi Kofi Coburn 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 yeah Kofi Coburn yeah um and it looked like at least some of the strategy was they were going to get points in the paint in this game and and that the announcers the announcers strategy for the the the, at least what I can be able to see the last few games is like yes they're going to the paint whether you're bigger than they are or not it's like they're going to get their paint because then that's going to force people to come in and they could then kick it out which is that's bread and butter which yeah. is really and and well and my point was you know they again the announcers were kind of surprised at this strategy i think because probably the rep for us is we're smaller and we're going to shoot threes and play defense and so i think it was surprising to them that we kept driving and kept trying to get to the hoop and as it was, we had 40 points in the paint. Yeah. And and DePaul had 34. And obviously, they're probably a little bigger than us. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't have all the, the – I don't have all their heights in front of us, but they, they definitely looked on uh, – They definitely had some length. The eyeball sure. test, they looked bigger than us. And so we were definitely not afraid of the paint. Yeah. And then I think in that, they also recognized – they called it out, I believe, but you know, just looking at the stat sheet, Ramblers had eleven guys hit the floor. Um, I don't, they don't have. Oh yeah, so eleven guys with the at minimum eight of them had ten minutes or more, and for DePaul, they had only eight guys play, and two of them were eleven minutes and under. So that means seven. Or that means six guys played thirty plus almost thirty minutes a game, and it was just the like. Wow, that's so they're they're really utilizing this idea of like, hey, we have a deep bench, so we can extend, uh, play really fast or play really aggressively for we can use eleven guys, and you're not going to have enough guys to be. And it's it did look like at, towards the end of the game there was definitely some tired DePaul guys. Yeah, they definitely look tired, and I I think that that um, 
Javon Freeman Liberty fouling out was probably somewhat due to that. It, it felt like they were a little sloppy at different points in the second yeah. half. And I think yeah. it had to do with fatigue. Well, I mean, like even looking at um, the Gabrithwit or whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I, I feel horrible that I can't pronounce a name because our last name is ridiculous. But, you know, he was two for 10 from the field goals and over five for three. It's like that's that's tired legs. And David Jones was one for six from three. Um, and yet yeah, just – I think they, the Ramblers definitely showed this. Like, hey, yeah, we were down at the half, um, but then at the end it was like we they really pushed it the second half defensively, and then it showed because DePaul just could not answer because they didn't have enough legs. Okay, I got a question for you. Don't look at your stat sheet. Okay. I want you to tell me, without looking at the stat sheet, who the leading rebounder of the entire game was. Um, I think it was Marquise. He had seven or something like that. Cannot play with him. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was Mike Singletary. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that the wrong drop? Oh, that was the wrong drop. Oh, shoot. Where am I here? I missed my drop there. I oh, did I get it right? Uh, you oh, did, no. You did get it right. I, I think. Well, the Ramblers, yes. But the, the Jones guy from DePaul had nine. Oh, oh, right. You're right, right. Okay, so he was leading the Ramblers. So here we go. Oh, there we go. Um, okay. I do have one more question, though. Um, I am. Don't look at your stat sheet again. Um, I am a huge fan. I don't know why of the plus minus statistic. Yes, this is yeah. the. Um, this is the. This the, is where you fell in love with the Beastie Boys. Exactly. So, so that the plus minus. Right. So, of all the players on the floor yesterday, who had the number one plus minus number? for the entire uh, game. It, it's a shocking 17. Wow. Uh, which, which, which greatness, like, guys, just for plus minus, and, you know, greatness is like LeBron and, and, and Michael Jordan might be like 10 or 11. Or Steph, yeah. Steph, those kind of guys, right? So 17. Who had 17? It was a plus minus seven, plus 17. I'm going to go Chris Knight. Uh, it was not Chris Knight. Now, Chris Knight was at eight. Okay. That's um, a pretty good game. But again, it was Marquise Kennedy. Wow. <laughs> he went, and what's interesting is he went two for five uh, for yeah. field goals. He had one three-pointer, no free throws. Um, but I think, you know, he had the seven rebounds. Yeah. And they, the, he must have been on the floor during those scoring droughts. <laughs> by DePaul. That's the only thing I can figure is that he, when they were struggling, he was on the floor. So yeah. well, the cool thing about the plus minus is it waits or it, it, it doesn't, um, uh, offensive players maybe have a little bit of an edge, but a defensive player also uh, will be, um, you know, will be sort of that stat will show that their defense really contributed to the game. Um, so in hockey, where the plus minus is more used, um, you know, a lot of the top scorers are in the high plus minus, but then some of the top defensemen also are in that top category too. So anyway, I just right. think that that just shows a defensive uh, quality hmm. to Marquise's game that maybe didn't show up on the stat sheet. All right, so let's go with the. There you go, everybody. You're learning something today. Yeah, let's go. Two Ramblers podcast. Yeah, let's go with the uh, the Mike. Or, I'm sorry, the Mike, the Matt Hammer Haas uh, player of that game uh, for heart and hustle. 
And I could give it to Marquise because of that stat. Um, but I have to go again for the second time this year with Chris Knight. I mean, yep. there were just some times in this game where it was close and his six for seven, uh, cutting to the hoop, um, just, uh, I don't see if he had any turnovers, uh, zero turnovers. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, we had some problems in, in some of those, uh, some of those plays down low, those guys with those active hands on DePaul were swiping the ball away. Um, right. and Chris Knight protected the ball and kept cutting to the hoop. And so Chris Knight is the Matt Hawes hammer player of the game. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. That was a, um, that was an awesome pick uh, by you. Uh, it was just, again, I, there was moments, I think, early in the season, like, how is this guy going to mesh with the rest of the team? And I felt like this was the a quintessential game of, like, this is what he brings to this team. Because, um, you know, 17 minutes, 13 points. Like, again, just like, that is awesome production from your bench. A guy coming in and saying, hey, we need something. Yeah, he's six of seven. Um he even took a three, which I, that was exciting to see. Um, and one rebound, would have liked to have seen a few more of those. But, again, you're going up against guys that I think were bigger than he was. But it was just like overall I thought his production, I think he had a couple blocks, I want to say, maybe one block. Um, I felt like there was a couple more. But like, Well, if you're going six for seven, if game. you're going for six, six or seven, you're not having a lot of, you know, you're not having to clean up the glass a lot. If you're, right. I mean, I think yeah, he, it, he was it, in a it, lot of positions where he was in high percentage, at least on the offensive side. Uh, he was taking high percentage shots, so the ball wasn't clanking around. And Right. Um, so no, there was definitely two that I can think of right off the top of my head that were just great, where the uh, it goes into the leading me into the JB's d- delivery of the game uh, was uh, Ryan Schwieger with it. It was a moment. I love that. Wait, wait the just for clarification, was, it's the JB's. Giant, giant play of the game delivery of the giant game, play right. of the game giant play of the game um but it was schwieger had gotten the ball but it, 10 seconds prior to that like it was one of those moments like we don't know what we're doing offensively and you know they were hounding us defensively i think i think pretty much everyone had touched it by that point and all of a sudden schwieger gets the ball dribbles left turns his guy around and comes or, or say dribbles right turns this guy back towards the lane and all of a sudden Finds Knight with like around the guy, his defender's back, you know, pass for an easy lay in. And it was just like, and so here was a moment like it literally went from like, what are we doing? Like, you know, what? Yes. And it was like, that was awesome to see. And then, of course, then the other one where they were had the press and then Lucas throws it down the court tonight who was uh, the announcer said he was cherry picking but like you can't cherry pick because they were just playing defense so it's like he wasn't cherry picking he just ran the floor but anyway uh, but it was a great great feed and so there was two of those like you know giant plays where Knight was the recipient of the great pass by his teammates yeah I that that play from Schwieger and I I didn't go back to watch this but um, there was that sequence where um, we were trying to inbound the ball on the baseline and they were putting on some press and we have some press beater where there's four of us kind of running around and swapping on the baseline. Yep. And we did our little thing, our little, our little dance on the baseline and then turned the ball over. And it right. went from like a six point lead to a four point lead. And I, th- I think, 
I could be wrong that the Schwieger play was right after that or yep. in the yep. chaos after that that turnover. I could be wrong. Write, write us at uh, two ramblers. What was it? Two ramblers at dauber.net is our Yes. Is our or email you know, hit address. us up on Twitter. Yeah, as hit, our man hit Rocket Sam man up on Twitter. Yeah, hit, hit Sam up on Twitter. Yeah. All right. I'll respond to you. Okay, so uh, Sam, uh, talk about who's next on the schedule. Uh, next is a very difficult opponent, um, and by uh, another city uh, team uh, is Roosevelt University. I did uh, so Roosevelt kind of going- in in Illinois. Yeah, it's in Roosevelt, as in downtown Chicago. They have a basketball team. <laughs> yeah, Division it's one, one? games. It, it, it's it's one of those where they are struggling to get D one uh, you know games because teams don't want to play us, and so they're forced to take on a D two uh, school. So that's what Roosevelt is. Well, we're not going to overlook them. Um, and we're no. going to, and we're going to try to get better and maybe, maybe we can get some of our guys who haven't been getting some minutes into that game. Um, I, yes, you know, I Saint, agree. I'd like to see a little more St. Thomas. I, I, I was happy that he got in this game. Uh, would have liked him to have a little more impact. Um, but yeah, maybe there's some ways that we can use this to our advantage. Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, it, it's a, it's a get right game and, and a get minute game for all the guys that haven't seen minutes up to this point. Yeah. What and happened I, to T.Y.? He was in the first couple games and then he's, is he hurt or is he just not getting minutes right now? I don't know. I, am, I, I, I almost need to, um, petition, uh, the wonderful SID at Loyola, Bill Burns, uh, for maybe a, an interview, um, with the coaching, someone from the coaching staff for the two Ramblers, um, I would love to. I, I'd love to know just kind of what coaches coaches show you know kind of thing. Um, just kind of what's what's going on with the team and um, and some some of those things. So I, I think with Ty, it, it I have no idea. Okay, no one has said anything. I haven't heard anything. None of my sources have said this is what's going on. So I mean, I'm not complaining about wins, especially over no. DePaul. Which, by the way, I mean, I I don't know if I mentioned this, but. I think this was one of the most satisfying victories I've ever had as a Loyola fan because, because of the the proximity rivalry. Yes, um, I, no, I mean totally, totally agree. I, I mean, I loved it when we beat Tennessee in the run to the Final Four, but it's not exactly like Tennessee means anything to Loyola, right. uh, and some of those other or teams, Miami Georgia or, yeah. Tech. You know, I mean, those are teams. I mean, obviously, they're blue chip teams or, or you know, you know, high level teams, whatever they call them. Um, high major, no, high major teams, but they don't mean as much as say Illinois, and even Illinois. DePaul is so much more like like us, and and right. and and I did feel a little bit like when the White Sox come up to to Wrigley and they're so excited when they win. I did feel right. a little bit like that. Like I go, oh, I'm like one of those White Sox fans who's like, yeah, we beat the Cubs. <laughs> you know, I did feel a little bit like that. They're DePaul's not thinking about us at all usually. Uh, in the in the last uh, 30, 40 years, they're not thinking about Loyola at all. Yeah, We're thinking exactly. about them all the time, uh, essentially. So it's kind of like Cub fans are never thinking about the White Sox, but White right. Sox fans are always thinking about the Cubs. I kind of felt like that a little bit, but okay. Interesting analogy, but yeah, I, I see your point on that one. It definitely but, was a satisfying win. Yes, so Tuesday, right? Tuesday, is it right? Monday is the 
6th. Yeah, Tuesday is Roosevelt, and then the 10th is um, – Vanderbilt trip to Vanderbilt, uh, so another Power Five SEC school. Um, so this is a, a, once again, there's three more non-conference games, and it's like we pull these, or sorry, four more with Roosevelt, uh, four more. You win all these, you're 11 and two going into the conference, and that really sits bodes well for the uh, you know conference season, um, and and they're really they're winnable games. Um, I think, uh, yeah come back home for Norfolk State. So behold the green and gold. They're not to be trifled with. They're 9-2, and two and they're playing really well. Uh, and then Davidson to close out the non-conference schedule. Well, I think you need to gas up the car and get over there to Nashville. What's that, an eight-hour drive for you? Uh, I, it's actually 12. 12? Okay. All right. Hey, uh, fans of the two Ramblers podcast, I did get my tickets uh, for the Davidson game in outside of Charlotte. So if anyone wants to join me in Charlotte uh, for a Christ- before, week before Christmas, come on out. It's going to be a good game. Sitting behind the bench. It's a beautiful thing, my friend. Got it. Oh, oh so I, I do have a call out to all my pack friends. The wolf pack is like, what do I need to do? What are things that you are looking for for the two Ramblers, Sammy D and his family, to be shouting, to be cheering? I know, you know, the free throws, you know, you let your team down, but what else, what else am I cheering? What else am I, you know, I'm warming up the pipes going into that game. So hit me up on Twitter and, uh, yeah. Sam, that's not how we end the show where you just, <laughs> where you just freaking add on. I played the end of, I played the outro music to kind of say, wrap it up, buddy. I know. I'm, uh, I'm learning at this. So. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. And this is this is the, the ending of this show is a little uh, it's a little painful right now. Um, so yes, that's um, all my fault. Yeah, I, you you kind of I ruined, don't know what I'm doing here. You kind of ruined it, but uh, you know, let me let me play the. Uh, wait, hold on a second. No, no, no I blew it. Yeah, the, <laughs> this is the end. Of, the end of the show. All right. All right. Thanks for. Sticking with us. Okay. Two ramblers.